Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Trevor Davis. At you live from KSCV 700 AM today. I want to start off as always with our quote from Albert Einstein, which is the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. And if you're hearing me now, if you're listening to this radio show, you are somebody who wants change, wants positive change. And one of the biggest things that we go over, and really the biggest overall thing content-wise, is building a second stream of income. Because frankly, most people in America do not have secondary income streams. They have one income stream from a traditional job, aka working for somebody else's business. And if that income stream goes away, income goes to zero, or they become dependent on the significant other's income stream if they're in a relationship, which is not a brilliant strategy. And everybody knows it's not a brilliant strategy. Everybody knows it's risky. And either they're going to go through life dealing with the stress that this brings and not facing it proactively, or they're going to do something about it to change this situation. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what age you're at. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what category of person you want to label yourself as, you need a second stream of income or a third stream or a fourth stream or more. But you have to have multiple streams of income. You cannot just rely on the good graces of the business that you're working for. You want to become the business person that other people want to work for. And As I've said before on the show, and I want to say it again now, one of the biggest motivators for me, and I hope for a lot of people, but for me, is just sealing in the idea that if you've got the traditional job, which I'm someone who does, 30 years old, so not surprising, but I don't want to be working for somebody else's business my entire life. I don't want to get to retirement age and have no significant reward for all of this hard work. I have to point out that at retirement, at most companies, it's not going to be some glorious parade. It's not going to be a huge lump sum given to you that makes up for all the time that you gave. So on what I see online is that if you're at a nice company, you get a, a freaking watch. Maybe if you're at a really nice company, you get a a freaking Rolex. Congratulations. You did all of this hard work to make someone else's business succeed. And now that you don't have time to do any of the own work for yourself, your reward is a timekeeper. A hunk of metal that you slap onto your wrist. You know, or whatever it is that they end up giving you at the end of your career. But it's not going to be a bunch of money. They're not going to be giving you a check for a million bucks. 
just because you were there for 20 years, 30 years, sometimes 40 years or more. That's not how it works. You have to take responsibility for your financial position. The company is taking care of its financial position. You can bet your bottom dollar that they're doing that if they're succeeding. So before you start to get upset at a business decision that you don't really understand, you do need to understand that they're doing something right if they've been around for any substantial period of time. So it might not make sense to you, but something makes sense to them as the business owners. And that's not to validate some of the bad decisions being made, nor is that to validate some of the bad practices done by a lot of businesses to workers. But sometimes you need to take that perspective. Would you really be mad at this decision if you were in the opposite role? What if you were the business owner? Maybe you would understand some of the decisions then that the business owner is making. Because if you want to build a second stream of income, you're going to become a business person no matter what. Yes, too, if you pursue real estate as your second stream of income, which is what we teach, it's not the only way to build wealth, of course, but you're going to become a business person. If you're going to have single family houses, you are a business person. You have to treat your houses as a business, not a charity but a business that's providing income to you and your family. So for example, let's say you have to evict somebody, unfortunately. Well, let's take a step back. Let's say that somebody has not paid their rent for the month. It's the 7th. They still haven't paid rent. But hey, at least you gave them the three-day notice as you should on the 4th. So on the 7th, you have to go to court to file for eviction. The business person is going to go through that process calmly, professionally, still staying open in communication with the tenant that has not paid rent, but do the process. The person that's looking at this as a charity is going to keep extending the time while they're running you through the ringer. They agreed to pay a certain amount, just like you agreed to pay a certain amount for the mortgage. So you need to treat your business seriously. I mean, let's look at it from a different perspective. And I understand that when it comes to housing, it's housing. It's very personal. Everybody has to have a place to live. But this is still a business. Would it make any sense if you went to Walmart and you just walked out of the store with a thousand five? dollars $1,500 television and you did not pay for it and you started to get upset that Walmart was pursuing charges against you for that amount, obviously you stole that television. Obviously you were supposed to pay for it. So why in the world would getting away with that seem ridiculous, but somebody not paying rent is something that you want to become a charity for. Don't take your business like a charity. If you want to donate funds to a charity, that's a whole different story. But you cannot let people live in your house for free. They agreed to pay a certain amount. 
They have to go if they don't pay. Brutal business practice, maybe, but that's what has to be done. Make sure you're taking care of your business. I want to investigate something that's going on right now, which is, of course, inflation. Everybody knows about inflation. Everybody's been talking about it, and this is another one of those things that starts to happen as we transition into a down market. And it's like every single sign now is pointing to this down market, but it still seems like people are doing the same thing as every time we have a down market coming, which is to pretend like it's not really going to be that bad or it's not going to come at all. That's not how it works, people. Don't be in denial about the down market. Don't be in denial about an up market. Because once this down market officially comes, it's just a matter of time for the up market to come as well. We're going to get into our discussion about inflation once we get back from the break. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show for our Wednesday with me, Trevor Davis, the lead wealth coach up here at TWA. Now, let's talk a bit about inflation. Inflation is when the prices of goods across the board go up. So inflation is not something that's set by the government like the interest rates. This just means as time goes on, people are charging more for the same goods. It's a very natural part of a healthy economy. And I've talked about this multiple times, but to reemphasize, it's better to have a good bit of inflation, let's say 2, 3, 4%, which is around the normal rate, versus deflation, which means the cost of goods go down. And that means that there's no incentive for people to invest their money. The people that, quote unquote, have their mattresses stuffed with cash are literally making a profit and rate of return simply because the value of goods across the board is going down. So their money just by sitting there is getting stronger. So they have no incentive to invest. They have no incentive to provide wages or create businesses or even spend money at that particular moment because they can gamble and bet that in a week or even the next day, prices are going to be even lower and they're going to get an even better deal. So we want to have that natural rate of healthy inflation, 2 3 4%, um, effectively at all times. So we've got the natural fire under everybody's butt to continue investing and continue to put our money into the economy. I mean, it gets a little extreme for sure because there's so much influence that's trying to get us to spend money at all times. That's not necessarily a responsible spending collection of habits. I mean, we're bombarded with advertisements on YouTube. We're bombarded with advertisements on television, driving down the street, 
just turning on our smart televisions these days, I mean, it just keeps getting more and more pervasive. And when I talk about the smart TVs, I mean, if you're getting a television, you know, one that you can just talk to and say, hey, turn on Netflix, so it needs to be connected to the internet, here's you talk, and you have this whole section on the front page that has had all these advertisements, there's some televisions where you can't do anything about removing them, it's extremely overbearing. But the point behind it, you know, somewhat makes reasonable sense to a certain extent to where we've got to have that reasonable amount of inflation and adequate supply and adequate demand to keep our economy and world economy healthy. So with this Forbes article, they just talk about a movie ticket as an example. So in 1980, a movie ticket cost an average $2.89. And by 2019, the average price of a movie ticket had risen to $9.16. So same product, same good, service, that's the exact same thing in every sense of the word, and that's increased over three times in those 40 years. So that's what inflation is, not set by the government, not set by a policy or a law, just a natural part and force of the economy. So when we're seeing stronger inflation, people are getting very concerned because the value of our money is going down. And like it or not, with the healthy rates of inflation, that 2, 3, maybe 4%, you know, our value is typically going down when it's just sitting in a bank account. So now, of all times, we have more incentive for us to invest our money to get rates of return that are going to beat the inflation rate that we're looking at in the near future. And the predicted rate that we're looking at is that 6.5%, the highest since the 1981. So the highest in 41 years, right before Ronald Reagan became president for our time frame here. Inflation was going nuts. Interest rates were very high back then. And we've seen some of the lowest interest rates ever over the last couple of years, which... mm, according to Ray Dalio, wasn't really the wisest choice. So this other article is talking about Ray Dalio's input. Billionaire hedge fund manager, very successful guy, very much in tune with the real estate market and the stock market and the U.S. economy as a whole. In this article, it says, Dalio complained that the ridiculously stupid interest rates of the last couple of years and a flood of cheap money have inflated U.S. asset prices and overstimulated the economy. He cautioned the come down would be deeply unpleasant. Now, I love this blurb because this is what I think. This is the way I feel about the coming downturn. The higher the up market, the lower the down market. That's what we need to predict. That's what we need to prepare for. And in this situation where you have the anti-doomsayers coming out and saying it's not going to be that bad, well, historically, over the last hundred years, 
That's what it indicates it's going to be. It's going to be a very severe down market. And heck, maybe they're right. Maybe it won't be. But I'm not going to bet my strategy and my finances on something that doesn't match the history, that doesn't line up with the stock market ups and downs that have been going on for the past 100 years. That's not a reasonable expectation. That's not a reasonable strategy. Tons of people are going to do it. I don't want you to be one of those people. I don't want you to make the mistake of not preparing for an extreme down market. Not just a mild one, not just a little downturn, an extreme down market. Ray Dalio continues, and he said, they're going to raise the interest rates, which is what's going on now. We've got interest rates that are, last I checked, right around 7% and going up past that. They're going to raise interest rates to the point that there's enough economic pain and financial market pain to deal with that. They're putting on the brakes, so we're going to create a giant lurch backward. That economic policy, that fiscal policy from the government is going to be the catalyst, one of the biggest catalysts, to putting this down market into high gear. The whole of the market is not going to be controlled by a couple of simple policies from Washington. But there's a lot of things going on that really, in my frank opinion, should not have happened over the last couple of years. Because as I've talked about, the fact that we had extremely lowered interest rates in the face of COVID, record corporate profits in the face of COVID, that was not supposed to happen. There was some fiscal policy, including the lowered interest rates, that ended up working and preventing a major downturn in the face of COVID back in 2020. You know, kudos to our economists, kudos to our lawmakers, kudos to the previous administration. But there's always going to be a cost to that strategy. Doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. The economy doesn't care who you vote for. It doesn't care. It doesn't care what you wish for. It doesn't care what you hope for. The economy is ginormous. It's everybody. So we are going to be facing, in my opinion, a severe reckoning. As Ray Dalio agrees here, there's going to be a radical down market I think will be in the likes of 2008 and 9. And another interesting thing is that when I was in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration back in 2009, there was this article that said, President Obama is becoming president in the raging storms of war and recession. That was the top page of the Wall Street Journal that I took home, that I took from Washington, D.C., and Ray Dalio is talking about the same exact conditions in this article. He's saying we have a perfect storm now of debt, personal, political strife, and an overseas war. And in this scenario, I see some differences. 
I understand this is not the war in Iraq. We're not directly involved, but we sure are involved in a different way because this is a proxy war. Same thing that's happened for many, many years with different parts of the world as the U.S. faces its major geopolitical opponents on the world stage. But war is one of the biggest indicators of an upcoming recession. It's a very challenging situation for the world economy to be disrupted by something as radical as Russia invading Ukraine. We saw the gas prices go up rapidly from that. They've come down a bit. Now they're going up a little bit. But this perfect storm is brewing perfectly. I want you to be prepared for what's going to happen once it hits land and makes landfall. We're at the halfway point, folks. We'll be right back. Stay tuned to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show as I, conc- as I continue to be the prophet of the recession, doom and gloom, as I must be at this particular moment in time in history to hopefully help at least one person adjust their financial strategy away from something that's going to nuke their assets and nuke their financial position. Now, further in this article, I'm going to have to take issue with this because it's just the same thing most people are exposed to. And if you're listening to the show, you're probably somebody familiar with what we do with real estate. So you probably already know this and you probably heard this a million times. But a lot of people haven't heard this information that there's stuff out there besides stocks and bonds. And everybody and their uncle knows about stocks and bonds. And they're talked about day in and day out on the news everywhere. That is one of the most overexposed investments there could be. So stocks are very interesting. They can build wealth. For a lot of people, it doesn't. But they're saying in this article that's talking about inflation, just its definition and the example with the movie ticket on ForbesAdvisor.com. Investing in the stock market is one way to potentially beat inflation. Because investing in an S&P 500 index, for example, has averaged over 6% from June 1930 to June 2020. What was the rate of inflation that we're about to be experiencing that I just said? 6.5%. 
So let's be generous here and say that the S&P has averaged 6.5% for the past 90 years. Are you going to be making any profit whatsoever when you get a 6.5% rate of return on your stock index with the S&P 500, but there is 6.5% inflation? No. But to be extra fair, I'm going to assume that this article already took inflation into account because most stocks make right around 10 percent, 9, 10, 11% average returns before you account for inflation. So if the S&P is really average 10% before inflation, then you take off the 6.5%, you're going to make 3.5% on your money. So if you put in 100 bucks and then you sell it, you're going to profit a total of $100 $103.50. Or let's say you put in $100,000. You're going to make 3.5%. You're going to get $103,000 with 500 bucks. So you made $3,500 after you invested $100,000. So what's $3,500? That's a pretty common monthly amount for people to make in the middle class on their own. So you're going to have to do that. I mean, how many times are you going to need to do this process? Because that's not a month-to-month return, by the way. That's an annual return. So if you're making 3500 in a year and you take that, Divide it by 12, that's 291 bucks a month. Round it up, it's 292 on an investment of $100,000. Are you going to be able to retire on less than 300 bucks a month? Obviously not. That's not going to work. That's mathematically impossible. You're going to have to be dependent on the $100,000 that you're going to chip away as savings during your retirement or what, whatever the heck you think you're going to be doing, but that's not going to work. You have to make significant rates of return on your money. And by that, I mean at least 20%. 20% or more, that's... Because 3.5 is not going to cut it, folks. That doesn't make any sense at all. If you just take a step back and just do the math with this and see what's going on. But let's go ahead and take it a step further and pretend that we're investing $100,000 in the Dow Jones, S&P 500, and NASDAQ today. Because I've talked about the loss in percentages, but I want to just do this activity real quick to show that if you invest $100,000 in this portfolio and you did that at the beginning of this year, what would have happened to your money? So Dow Jones, as of today, is negative 19.54%. That's the second 
worst that I've gotten in this year. So what we're going to do is do the math real quick. We're going to take our 100, subtract 19.54. That gets us to a value of 80.46. So we're going to take our investment and hack off 19.54%. So take that, multiply it by 0 0.8046. So your $100,000 this year became $80,460. So that really, really sucks. So you lost almost $20,000. With the S&P 500, they're now at the biggest loss for the year. They've lost 23.76%. So that's going to be a loss here of $23,760 $23, out of your $100,000 stock portfolio. And here's the thing. NASDAQ is still the worst. NASDAQ is now at its worst level so far through the year because they've lost negative 33.88%. So if you invested that $100,000 or, or started this year with a value of $100,000, for goodness sake, you lost $33,880 in your portfolio. So let's see how much is in your portfolio now once you hack off $33,880. Your $100,000 stock portfolio is now worth just $66,120. Are you profiting on your money? No. Are you in a better financial position than you were January 1st? No. Are you paying for your vacations to Bermuda, to Cancun? Are you celebrating popping champagne? No. Big no, because you've got your money stuck in the stock market. Either you're hoping it's going to go up, the constant gambler's attitude of hoping it's going to go up in your favor, and being in complete denial when it goes down against your favor and not doing anything about it. Everybody listening here needs to understand that you do not have to keep all of your money in a 401k or IRA or whatever or a custom independently designed stock market portfolio when the down market is coming. The best time to sell your stocks and get into something else was, you know, yesterday or months ago. The second best time is now. And for your retirement accounts, if you've got them, you don't have to take everything out. You can't really do that in the first place and you want to, unless you want to get the full tax penalty. But there are ways for you to use it in something like real estate with the catch being the profits have to go back into the retirement account. So that's just real nice to know that your money, your retirement account is not fully within your control. Even if you are making a significantly higher rate of return than whatever the Wizard of Oz behind the account is getting, you still have to put it back into their account. They're still going to be in control of it. And you're still going to be that person hoping that by the time retirement comes, you're in a high market. 
And then when we've got these huge gaps between markets like we have now, it becomes even more unpredictable. The up and down markets were normally on average every seven, eight years throughout the past 120 years. And now we're looking at this gap, which is effectively 13, 14 years, right at double the time. That's mind-bogglingly crazy. Mind-bogglingly crazy from an economic standpoint. So once we understand how crazy this up market has been, once we understand how crazy it's been to last this long, and above all, once we understand how amazingly unbelievable it is for us to go into a post-COVID world with the greatest corporate profits, the highest real estate prices ever, there's going to be what's probably going to be the craziest down market that the economy has seen since Black Friday of 1929. Maybe that's extreme, but hey, I'm going to prepare for it. I hope you will as well. Once we get back, folks, we'll be back for the final segment of the Total Wealth Academy radio show today. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. I'll see you all after the break. an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the final segment of today's Wednesday show. We've gone into some detail here about what is happening to the stock portfolio holders, specifically with the Dow Jones, S&P 500, and NASDAQ, which are facing massive losses. With NASDAQ hitting the biggest loss, they are now at negative 33.88%. So... If you've got NASDAQ, you're feeling a severe loss, a severe strain. You need to stop that strain by putting your money in something that's not going down with this down market. Because the stock market is such an easy identifier of the up and down markets because it just follows it effectively. Up market stocks are up, down market stocks are down. And something like real estate roughly follows that too. But during the down markets, people still have to rent. A lot more people become renters. And these properties go down in price because of the down market itself. So it typically becomes the best time for real estate investors to purchase properties for the best price. So... We're feeling very, very calm and collected about the impending down market. But people in stocks that are just going to wait it out, bury their head in the sand, and hope for the best are, you know, if they can wait it out, they're, they're going to be in good shape eventually. 
years down the road. But in the meantime, they're losing 33.88%. This is why back in 2008 and 9, when I talked to people that said, hey, this crash came and we lost a third of our value, and one person said they lost half of their value. This is where these numbers are coming from. We're already seeing that right now. So there's nothing else we need to see at this point. I hope for you to understand that the down market is coming or it's here. I mean, I think we're officially in the starting phase of it now. But full-blown, maybe this winter, maybe January, February, but it's going to be very, very soon here. You have to take action by doing something that beats the down market. Now, of course, we do our free sample class every week, most weeks, and we do have one tomorrow that's going to be at 6.30 p.m. here at the office If you want to sign up for this class, that's going to be TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash class. I will be teaching the class tomorrow. So if you want to meet me, if you want to learn about what we're doing in real estate, including what we do during down markets, this is definitely the class for you to take to get an introduction and figure out if this is something that you want to do and if our membership can help you. I want to you know, wrap up our show today with something that is not so doom and gloom. But it goes into the quote I always start with, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. There are a lot of things that we have to explicitly plan for and change to make something a reality. But one of the 15 principles that we discussed during the class is the millionaire mindset or the billionaire mindset, or whatever it is specifically that you want mindset. You know, having an awesome relationship with your kids mindset, having an awesome relationship with your significant other, your spouse mindset, having everybody in your family um, be financially stable and free because you help them mentality, or you just teach them to do so mentality. It doesn't really matter what it is specifically, but the attitude has to come before the actions. Because if you have a stinky attitude and you have a broken attitude where you're convinced that no matter what you do, it's not going to work, or you're not the type of person that's cut out for this and somebody else is, then you're not going to be able to take the actions that you need to. But for goodness sake, why in the world would you have these thoughts in your human brain about wealth and grandeur in the first place if you aren't qualified for them? I, I've never met somebody that's not ambitious I've never met somebody that doesn't want the best for themselves. But there's a big difference between somebody saying, oh, I'd want this, I'd wish for this, and somebody that's able to change the things that need to be changed to make it a reality. 
You know, something funny that I want to bring up here is me and my girlfriend were watching um, the Kardashian show last night. And that was really her watching it because it's not my cup of tea. But I was in the living room reading and we got to the point where it talked about Kim Kardashian giving advice to people. And she was she was being interviewed and the interviewer said, hey, like, what is your advice to um, – I believe it was specifically to young women to um, become successful or to become in a position similar to yours. And Kim Kardashian said, you know, just simply get off your butt and work. And she got a lot of flack for that. And I feel like there's flack to be given and there's not flack to be given. Because the not flack, the credit to be given to that statement is that, yes, indeed, One part of the recipe is to get off your butt and work because you're not going to be somebody who's fit and healthy and have a positive relationship with your significant other and wealthy if you're just sitting on the couch all day doing a whole lot of nothing. that's It's not going to happen. You're not going to get a letter from Hogwarts. You're not going to get a lottery ticket that's going to give you millions of dollars. It's not going to happen to you. Don't bet on that. It's not going to happen. But at the same time, you know, people were upset because she didn't understand clearly that where she was coming from was a little bit different. And to just say that all you need to do is work, 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 you have to work smart. You have to plan. You have to network. You have to strategize. And if it turns out that what you're working so hard on isn't actually working, as in getting you the results that you want, you need to work off your butt on something else. Because with the retirement that I talked about earlier, I mean, think about this. Somebody listens to that advice. They go back to work the next day. They work their butt off for their job. They kiss the boss's butt. They take overtime. They work, 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 work. Decades go by. It's 40 years later, and they're in the same position with the damn Rolex watch. Something is missing from that advice. My advice in this scenario is to take that as one piece of the puzzle. It's not the complete picture, though. Because if what you're working on is not working... You have to do something else. So stocks are clearly not working, for example. It's not cutting out for people. I know I'm in the real estate world, but I have not met somebody or heard of somebody, even in passing, that's become a millionaire off of stocks. Just going to say that. It's never happened to me. Stocks are a gamble, and at the very least, they cultivate a gambler's attitude. Gambling is not the name of the game in the real estate world. When you change your attitude to a millionaire real estate investor, your attitude is of a business person who's going to cultivate correct business ventures. Somebody who's going to analyze a deal correctly to make sure that it's going to be profitable from the ground up. And it's not after that you become the millionaire in your mind. It's before. 
Because let's talk about someone like Jeff Bezos, who started off with a relatively small amount compared to what he has now. Did he have his idea for Amazon when he was already a billionaire or before? Well before he was a billionaire. He got a loan from his family to get the business of Amazon started, but he treated it as a business and not a charity. And now Amazon is one of the biggest companies in the world, and Jeff Bezos specifically is the richest man in the world by net worth. So his attitude was one of a billionaire. Millionaire, then billionaire. And the planning that came from that led him to the actual result and reality. I hope this has been helpful for folks, y'all. I really want y'all to prepare for this down market. Get ready for it and put your investments where it actually counts. My name is Trevor Davis. This has been the Total Wealth Academy radio show. And tomorrow we'll have our free sample class at 630, totalwealthacademy.com forward slash class. And I will see y'all next week. Thank you. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.